Okay, so we're in Colossians 4, starting in verse 7. We've actually looked at some of this when we began our study in the book of Colossians because it gives a lot of the circumstances for us to better understand the letter. And in verse 7 it says, Tuchicus will tell you all the news about me. The Y in Greek sounded like an oo sound, like upsilon you know, was actually the letter. He will tell you all the news about me. So apparently this is the guy who's coming back with some of these letters. He's a dear brother and a fellow minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus. Where have you heard that word before? Philemon. Yes, in Philemon. Uh, and we're, we'll actually tackle that in just a moment. And many speculate, who have tried to put together the circumstances of the delivery of these letters, that it was Onesimus's encounter, arranged by God, with Paul, having been converted and now being sent back to Colossae, to the house church there that is led by Philemon, that Paul decided first to write the letter to Philemon, then, well, might as well write a letter to everybody in Colossae. And you know what? Might as well circulate it to the other two churches in the Lycus Valley, which happen to be Hierapolis and Laodicea. And I'll send a letter to Laodicea. That'll get circulated around as well. We'll see all this in a moment. And since you're going through like the biggest city and the church where I spent three years of my life, how about I go ahead and write a letter to Ephesians, to the church in Ephesus as well, uh, since you know, they, they would, would greatly benefit from, from that. Uh, and interestingly, the letter that he wrote to Ephesus, all of the oldest documents that we have don't say to the saints in Ephesus. It just says to the saints. And it is interesting that even though he spent the most time in Ephesus, there is no greeting at the end of Ephesians like this. There's no real specific, hey, say hi to Charlie and Bob and Tuchicus and all. It's, it's just kind of a generalized letter, which speculate that probably having Ephesians not attached to it does make it more of a cyclical letter, a letter that can make its way around to all of the churches there in that province of Asia. And so he began specific, Philemon Onesimus, a little bit more general to all of those in Colossae, and then even more general, all of the churches in that province, which, which is the letter to Ephesians that we then look at that way. And, and that is likely the way that it would have gone. But again, that's all speculation. It's all inspired by the word of God. And it is all useful for teaching, reproving, correcting, and training in righteousness. Anyway, moving on. I am sending him to you for the express... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, verse 10. My uh, fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. And interestingly, earlier, Mark uh, was, was one that uh, didn't have the greatest run of missionary work with Paul. Here he is, completely back in the groove, working with Paul as one who is valued in his ministry. Uh, verse 11, Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God. And they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, that's an important name, who is one of you, that is, he's a, a Colossian, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. Earlier, when we encountered Epaphras, we saw that he was one that was converted in Ephesus as Paul was making his way through all of Asia with the gospel. And he apparently went back to Laodicea, Hierapolis, and Colossae and preached the gospel 
and establish those churches. Churches that Paul has not yet been to. We know that from Colossians 1. Paul's never been to Colossae. How did all of this happen? Epaphras. Epaphras is the one as Paul made a disciple and Epaphras made disciples and so on as they stayed in the great commission of Jesus Christ. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That word wrestling in prayer is agonizomai. That is the, you know, the great manly intensity word of the New Testament. It is translated as wrestle, fight, uh, strive. It is fourth and one. Give it all you got. Do not half step it whatsoever. He is doing that in prayer for all of the people that he left back in Colossae, eager to get back to them. He's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Those three cities were all sister cities and they were all only about 10 miles apart from one another. They formed a little triangle there in the Lycus Valley. If you're going to join us on the trip on October 23rd to Turkey and Greece, you'll visit all of those churches. We'll go to those excavation sites and we'll have some amazing lessons right there in place. So plan on that. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. So apparently that was the main house church of Laodicea. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. That letter has been obviously lost to history and not deemed part of the canon or else God would have preserved it for us. Tell Archippus, see to it, that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And so it's a, it's a great letter because it gives us some great background. Uh, it's a great section of the letter. And also you see final charges from Paul. And all of those charges seem to go around the idea of finish the work, stand firm, see it through to completion. Those are always great lessons for us that we don't just have good intentions, but that if the grace of God really has borne in our soul and has sprung to life, leaving us with a desire to do the will of God, well, let it not be that it's something in which we dabble, but rather it is something that we bring to glorious completion. But here's the exercise that I want to do with you guys tonight is that there's one prison epistle that we've not yet read and we're going to read it and you're going to understand it deeply and it's, and it's going to be a letter that we're going to read all the way through multiple times. And you will come away just by reading that letter without any outside help with a deep appreciation of the context, the historical context of what was going on behind the scenes and why it is that Paul wrote the letter. That's a very important skill to really be able to appropriate to yourselves because it's what we're constantly doing when we're reading the letters of the New Testament. We don't know what happened on the other end of the phone call. We only have this side of the phone call. But the good news is all of you are really terrific at listening to somebody on one side of a phone call and figuring out what it is that they're, what they're hearing from the other side of that phone call. Uh, you know, for example, if, if this really was just a phone call right now, and here I am picking up, sometimes I do this as a, a, a fake um, exercise and I let my phone ring, but... You guys are too clever for that. So let, let me just pretend it rings. Hey, 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 hey. What, you're calling now. I mean, what time is it there? 
Oh man, you better get to bed. That's kind of crazy. No, yes, I know. I was just a year ago. Yeah, I know. Those are. I saw. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's that's a cool a cool anniversary for you to to be able to celebrate. Yeah, you know that's uh, that's encouraging to hear. All right, and and so are 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 you going to be with family then? Christmas Eve too. All right, all right. Well, hey, treat my boy well. Thanks. All right. So, who was I talking to? No one. Who? My daughter-in-law. Who did you think I was talking to until the last couple minutes of the phone call? Right. But you see how all of that changed because you just listened carefully to one side of the phone call. And, and suddenly all of your context changed just by hearing that. But, but you also thought it was either my son or my daughter-in-law. Why? What was the context clues? Anniversary. Anniversary. Time zone. Right. And, and, and these are not like super over-the-top obvious things. Now, it helps that you, you have some knowledge of me, too. And it helps that we have some knowledge of Paul and what goes on in Ephesus, likewise. But we have typically just enough knowledge of that in order for us to be able to hear the other end of the phone call. You know, when, when Paul says, hey, some in Chloe's household have told me this. Well, you realize, oh, okay, I guess that's what's going on over there. Now, we're going to read through the letter to Philemon, or Philemon, depending on how you're pronouncing it on any particular day. Uh, and go ahead and, and turn over to that. It's right after Titus. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to read through this letter. I want you to read through this letter, listening to it as you listen to me on that phone call. That you are peering through the phone to the other end of the extension and imagining what are the circumstances going on on the other end of this phone call or this correspondence that would prompt this letter from Paul. All right? So here we go. I want you to listen, listen carefully. And then after I read it once, we'll share a couple things and I'll read it one more time. And all of this, I think, will go from just being kind of a flat reading of Scripture to like one of those pop-up books where suddenly everything kind of flows into colorful 3D appreciation. And all we're going to do is apply your enlightened common sense that you have. And if you're a teen who has wanted to know what your parents are saying in the front seat of the car, and you've practiced this skill over the years, you should be the very best at this exercise right now. All right? Here we go. Our last prison epistle. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So just take a quick pause. I won't do this the rest of the way. I'm just going to do it right now. What are some context clues that you heard that you want to tuck away and say, you know what? What he just wrote there helps me to understand who's getting this letter, what might be something that I need to know about what's going on at the other end of the correspondence. So what would be one, one small context clue so far? Yeah. Um, Philemon leads a house church. Great. Okay. What else? Yeah. Uh, Apifa and Archippus, they're probably part of that house church. Okay, great. And any other things? Yeah. Co-workers. Yes, that, that he is a dear friend and he's actually served side by side. 
in some way with Paul. Right? So that's all pretty cool stuff that we've got here. Uh, so tuck that away. Good job. And now let, let's read through. I always thank my God. Oh, I'm sorry. One other thing I can mention to you because it's not obvious because we're English speakers. The yous that are in here, normally always it's plural. In this case, it's singular right on Philemon. So this is not like you all are wondrous. It's like you, Philemon, you're a terrific guy. All right. So that's that's one thing that's helpful to know. All right, here we go. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear about your love for all of his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. I'm not going to discuss, but just tuck away some things right now from that. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is none other than Paul, an old man, now a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful. Useful also is the word Onesimus. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become Onesimus, or useful to you, both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who's my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to have kept, keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do wouldn't seem forced, but voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave. As a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I'll pay it back. Not to mention, you owe me your very soul. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Ah, and one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. All right, so think about that just for, for, for one moment. Think about some of the, the things that were just dropped as bombs of context in your lap just now. And, and as, we, as we think about that, now let's just share for a minute some of the things that you heard that help you to understand what's going on at the other end of the phone call or the other end of the correspondence uh, back and forth. Yes, the young man up front in the Atlanta Braves hat. While Onesimus the wedding was ring. out, he, uh, yeah, while he was out, 
um, away from the master, he became a disciple. Yeah. And I guess stayed a little bit with Paul, learned and helped him out in some kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he became a disciple. And where was Paul? In jail. Yeah, so somehow in prison, uh, he, he joined and helped out Paul. It seems like he was a help to him in prison, right? Because he says, you've taken, he's taken your place in helping me while I'm in prison. Okay, those are, I mean, that's, that's pretty rich context right there. Um, anything else that kind of pops out at you? Yeah. He's my very heart. So he's very dear to Paul. Yeah. Do you think he was dear to Philemon? No. Why not? <laughs> right. But what, what would have made him uh, not view him so highly? There is a large falling out. What do you think the large falling out had to do with? Theft. Yeah, it it seems like, like maybe there's a theft, right? If he owes you anything, mm. I'll go ahead and pay it back. Mm. Right? And also he's maybe away from him because he's run away. Mm. Yeah. Right? So you see, this is a slave that has run away yeah. and stolen some money and has probably made his way to Rome because that's where Paul is because it's easy to uh, kind of fade into the general population and become nameless, faceless there. Uh, because even Ephesus, it seems like there's a lot of People that would have known one another from Colossae and Ephesus uh, being being in the same area there. And plus, the church planted from one to the other. So it seems like that was Onesimus' idea, right? Let me let me go somewhere where I can blend in. Oh, God brought me to Paul. Uh, now, now look what's going on here. What, what, what else? How about from Philemon's standpoint? Because the letter's going to him. What might be his mindset and what Paul is trying to accomplish in this guy's mindset? Yeah? Reconciliation. Okay, yeah, reconciliation between him and... and but, but what might be the reason that he's so steamed? And what's, what, what's going on in his head? Yeah. Steamed, like angry? Yeah. You talking about Philemon's anger? Philemon, yeah. Yeah, because he's been wronged. By yeah, in his mind, he probably thinks he's been done wrong, right? Paul is trying to make up for it. Sure. So he's probably feeling justified at maybe holding a grudge or whatever it might be. Yeah. Of course, he's a Christian, so this is all kind of tricky that, yeah. that they would have any of these ideas. Uh, maybe and he just wants to let the problem go. Stay away. Could be, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want this guy I'm back. I'm over this now. Let's just move on. But, but now he's got to reconcile, so that's even more trouble. He's got to not only take it back, but he's got to bring his heart to a new level to deal with this. It seems yeah, and what leverage he had on him was the money leverage too, and all that's going to be made right by Paul. But yeah, he probably feels slightly like anxious or pressured because this letter was addressed to his whole house church, and so Ooh. everyone knows it's going. That's a good point. <laughs> it's, it's being read because it because Aphia and Archippus probably have the letter in front of everybody, wow. and and they're making sure that it's read before everybody. Yeah, wow. uh, he was a slave. Yes, that's what Onesimus is. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's interesting. He says, regard him no longer as a slave. But what are the two things that he says? This is how you should think of him now. As a brother. A man and a brother. As a man and as a brother. Yeah. That's kind of telling that. How often does Paul say, hey, regard him as a man? That doesn't happen very often yeah. in, in the letters. Uh, so it may be that Philemon had a low regard. Even as a master who's supposed to be a Christian, had a low regard for Onesimus. In this situation. Yeah. So I'm not sure why, but, but it seems like Paul is writing this heavy handedly because he yeah. starts off with Paul and Timothy. So he's like, 
So like the leadership is telling you this, and he's like, I could twist your arm, but I'm going to ask for a favor, and then it's like a really, really strong asking. Yes, it's a, it's a. Uh, like, uh, you have no choice. You want me yourself? It's like a very strong worded letter, kind of like maybe Elisa is, is known to be, you know, uh, difficult or or tough to persuade or something along those lines? I don't know. Or maybe Philemon is, you mean? I mean Philemon. Yeah, yeah that, that Philemon may be a, a little bit, uh, yeah, um, stubborn, perhaps. Yeah? Well, you got to look from the history of slaves at that time. If they were to run away, they're coming back, they were dead. That is one of the reasons for crucifixion, of course, exactly. is, a, is a runaway slave. That's a good, yeah, I, I like the way that you kind of speculated on all the pressures that are on uh, Philemon or Philemon. That hey, he's, got, he's got other guys who are going to say to him, yo, 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 what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, with, with setting precedents all, all around us. But of course, he's a Christian right. in the midst of that. Yeah, in the back. It might also be, um, like, like Paul might be writing it like this because Paul needed uh, someone to vouch for him when he got converted. Because Paul was out killing sure. That's a good point, right? Yeah, he needed he needed Barnabas to vouch for him, and uh, and now he's going to do the same thing for Onesimus. Yeah, and, you know, he sends Onesimus back, delivering the letter to the larger church in Colossae, where in chapter three Paul says that in Christ there is no slave or free. It's interesting how it kind of right. And that letter will make its way to this group as well. I mean, they're going to hear that letter too. So yeah, quite interesting. Yeah. And, and also, forgive others just as Christ has forgiven you. If this is a debt, the idea of forgiveness is, is very much in, in the idea of, of debts. So, yeah. Uh, go ahead. I think Paul wrote it in his own hand. That was the importance. It does seem like he does because in the middle he says, it is none other than Paul. And all that. He usually says that to, to show that he is you know, writing this not through an amanuensis, which is a kind of a scribe, but, but, but he himself. Uh, yeah. Kind of questioning why why did Paul send him back to begin with? Maybe I'm missing something. It's like the first choice is I sent him back to you. I wanted to keep him. Like break my very heart. I'm sending him back. And why is he? Maybe he had no money. Why? Why does he have to send? Him? It's a good. A good question, right? Why did Paul choose to decide you need to go back? That part of like repentance. It may be that he's trying to actually fulfill all righteousness. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I read it. And I think it's a, it's a see to it, brothers, that Paul's using this as an example. He's putting it out there for the churches, 
because it's probably going to call more people to the same type of repentance. Yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah, because I think if he had kind of kept him on the sly or anything like that, that wouldn't have been above board or, or um, you know, fulfilling all righteousness. One last thing, and then we're going to read this one more time and imagine being Philemon as it's being read. Yeah, I, I like how like, um, for Paul even starts with like what's is going, is going on, like the big things, like he's always talking about like Philemon's love for, the, for his fellow believers, uh, your love for me, a great enjoyment, but he's like, before he even starts everything with Onesimus, he's like, I, I appeal to you on the basis of love. So it's like reminding Philemon, like make sure you, you love Onesimus, not that you Sure, he does remind Philemon who he is, too, and who he has traditionally been to Paul. So I, I think that is encouraging. I don't think it's just pure manipulation. I think it is a reminder of, you, you've, you've had some good moments. You need to remember those, even though you've had this terrible episode in your life. Will you say one more thing, Mark, before we move on? I was going to say, it reminds me of the parable that Jesus talks about, the two sons, the one that leaves, runs off, squanders, you know, and sin, and then comes back. Oh, good point. Kind of has the feel of that, you know? Yeah, prodigal son coming home and yeah, yeah, amen. Uh, and, and maybe even Matthew 18 a little bit too, right? That that uh, if you've been forgiven of all these things and now you go and you know grab grab your debtor and choke him out and say you got to pay me back everything you owe, uh, well then neither neither if you don't want to live in an in an environment of grace, well then you're not going to live in an environment of grace uh, on your part too. Uh, which, you know, Colossians does say that, that forgive as Christ has forgiven you, just as he talks about masters and slaves. It's, it's all in that section. All right. And then one last thing that's interesting at the end is that Paul talks about inspecting what he expects. How does he kind of drop that bomb in such a, an encouraging way? In, in answer to your prayers. Right? All right. So here we go. Now... That, that was just one reading and discussion with hardly any uh, cultural insight, right? other than us just speculating. Mm -hmm. and, and, and now, just with having done the, the teen in the back of the car, figuring out what and mom and dad are talking about, just from spending an, a deliberate effort in this, look at the difference. Because this is the difference that reading all of the epistles can be for you if you give it multiple readings and decide to try to really strain to hear the other side of the correspondence or the phone call, as it were. All right, now, now let, let's just pretend that, that Philemon is right here. Let's, let's say Marcel is Philemon in this case. And just imagine, at first, the excitement of hearing these things about himself and then everything suddenly turning, as he knows his entire house church is here hearing this as well. All right, here we go. And it's, it's a, a masterpiece by Paul. Paul... A prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. And if you're all in the church, you're like, how cool is this? We got a letter from Paul. Oh my goodness, we've heard about him. Now he's actually writing to us. Wow, how cool is this that he's actually writing to us? And you know what? Philemon said that he knew Paul. I guess he really does. Well, look at that. If I'm really like, see, told you, see, see, see. All right. All right. So that sets the stage. And then here we go. Grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith 
in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. As you hear these words, are more things starting to click too? I hope so. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, Philemon's now saying, what the heck? (laughs) Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is none other than Paul, an old man, now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful, both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who's my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He's very dear to me but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he's done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I'll pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Well, I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing you'll do even more than I ask. And one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. As you Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Now, all we did is just take one run-through to be able to appreciate all of that from context. And then with gaining context, how the Bible kind of goes from some flat two-dimensional thing into a beautiful living document as it really is described by, by Paul in, in Scripture itself. What, just to, as we close out with the last couple comments, what were some other phrases that kind of now pop out at you as being a bit more, let's say, pregnant with meaning, uh, now, now that you hear it, with all of the context in, in full richness there. Yeah, right. Six, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so you'll have full understanding of every good thing. It's, it's very much a, uh, um, if you do this, you will receive benefits from it, kind of a, kind of a, a statement, you know, a loaded statement. That's right. That, that as you are about this, it, your, your understanding of the gospel will deepen yes. through your obedience. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. In the verse 11 where it says, uh, formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. The second time you read it, but you know, that's not really a, a practical uh, useful. That's useful for your repentance. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a good it's, point. It's really, he's coming at him 
you need him to be able to repent and to obey. Ah, good point. That's a cool one. Yes, Kirk Ham. Um, verse uh, 15, or perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while. You would have him back forever. Uh, really encourage us to see this because we can see God's will uh, in this whole in this whole spectrum. Something bad happened, obviously, and something great happened in the back end. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, Ace. Uh, verse 21, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Um, I get the feel that he's obviously seen his action, you know, to his obedience, and so he's able to feel comfortable writing that. Yeah, that it, it actually does feel like a, a, a uh, encouraging verse of sorts, too. Right? If you're Philemon, it's like, all right, I guess he does think pretty highly of me, even though I've got some mess going on in my, in my own personal life right now. Uh, yeah. I know like how in verse 16 he's like um, as a fellow man as a brother in the Lord but then goes right into it saying if you consider me a partner yeah. welcome him as you would welcome me yeah. like, in the that, same way especially that, that fellow man is like he's just like just like me welcome him that way awesome yeah very very cool uh, yes Eduardo talking about welcoming me I think that he, he put that idea in his head but then he's saying hey I'm, I'm going so he's, he's He's close my, my coming to your house. So if you're going to welcome me, uh, think about me and how would you do with me and that's the way you should do with my life. Amen. Yeah, what you got? Because um, you're good at this. Verses 4 through 7, it's like that part. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting because it just kind of seems like Paul's just kind of raising their expectations for a good letter. Just kind of say like, hey, you guys are really good at loving people and you guys are, have really strong faith. Um, and so he's just kind of making them feel good about themselves. And then he's saying, hey, since you have good, uh, strong love and strong faith, why don't you accept this guy when he's in his thumb to help you? And, and so. Great. Yeah. And, and again, it may not be just manipulation. It, it may be that Paul is like, hey, remember that you are actually good at this. You're good at loving. You're good at forgiving. You're good at refreshing. You're good at reconciling. Refreshing is the idea of um, kind of uh, wiping clean a slate uh, is, is the idea there. So it's a, a, a pretty cool loaded word. Yeah. Uh, two things. One, uh, verse 8 and 9 where he says, you, you know, you should do this, but instead of saying that, you know, this is something you <coughs> have to do, he wants him to sort of, it seems like he wants him to work on his own heart and, you know, think about it. And say, I was just curious, how did uh, Onesimus meet up with Paul? Yeah, that's a good question. My speculation is that he wanted to disappear into anonymity into a big city, and that would be Rome. Ephesus probably wasn't far enough, but yet a big city. And so he must have ended up in Rome, where Paul was. Well, I was just curious, was Paul in, I, I, I know it doesn't say it in here, but uh, was Paul in prison? Or, uh, Paul was in prison. When he met Anissa. Must be, because he said, he has taken your place and encouraged me while I'm in chains. So I, I don't know how he happened upon him. I don't think he ended up in prison. Could be. I think that's probably it exactly. Uh, and any any uh, last last couple, and then we'll we'll, we'll close it up. Uh, George, and then. Is there a follow-up to this? Do we know what happened to afterwards? No, that would be interesting. I've, I've never looked him up in church history, though. But. Uh, the only thing that we know is that he appears at the end of the letter in Colossae. Uh, so the Colossians obviously make great mention of him. By the way, um, all of these folks here in 
Philemon's household and everybody in Colossae, if you remember, the year after the letter arrives, the whole place is crushed by one of the major earthquakes of the age. Uh, and it's, there's, there, there's no more coins minted. There's no more culture that exists. There's a rather devastating earthquake. So all, all we know is that Colossae as a city ceases to exist for quite a long time. So they all end up having to scatter if they survived it. Um, yeah. Oh, just a second time reading it. Verse 8 and 9, it seemed much more like bolder from Paul. Because I'm thinking like Philemon being like a master, someone who's used to telling people what to do and ordering them. Paul is kind of almost like, <coughs> I can order you in Christ. Mm. So I think maybe even... That's a good point. He's used to ordering others. Now Paul's saying, I could order you, yeah, by the way. If I was Philemon, I feel kind of like, especially in front of people, like kind of like my pride would kind of like, oh man, like be a little bit embarrassed and convicted at the same time. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, he also gives an example of strong leadership Paul does here. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he's, it's interesting in the end because he's, he's telling him, oh, by the way, I'm going to come back and yes. check up on all this. <laughs> See how it goes with you. Yeah. Get a room ready for him. Yeah, in case, in case you're wondering <laughs> if I'm serious or not, you'll see me in a little while. Jackson. Sure, and, and also his relationship with Philemon has got to be rather intimate. I mean, he's the one who brought him to Christ. I think that's what he means by not to mention you owe me your very soul. Uh, so when you have a relationship like that with someone, it, it can go pretty deep pretty quick in some of these circumstances, uh, as you would with someone that you're trying to feel out that relationship and establish equity. He's got equity beyond counting with Philemon. So he, he's able to say some of these things because that bank account is nowhere near being depleted. Um, and last comment from George Hurd, ladies and gentlemen. Right, so, uh, one thing that stuck, uh, stuck out at me is at the very beginning, it says, uh, Paul, prisoner of uh, Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. And at the very end, in, um, in 23 and 24, it says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, sends your greetings. And so does Mark, our stock esteem list, and lose my fellow coworker, or my fellow workers. To me, I feel like it's almost let them know that maybe he's talked to these people before he wrote this letter. So maybe Philemon, maybe if he comes across any of these, you know, uh, brothers, that they'll maybe even follow up if it's not uh, Paul himself. So just, you know, realize that it's almost like, uh, you know, having um, accountability with other people other than just Paul. Great. So, amen. Again, think of all, like, that's a good one because this is usually when you're reading a letter where your mind shuts down and it's like, yeah, yeah, list the names, list the names, uh, amen. But, but how differently, just because of a little bit of context, reading the list of names at the end, suddenly, again, it's like this springs to life as a, as a 3D experience. 
This is something we can all have all the time if we really do try to practice context, 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 and peer through to understand what was more of the circumstance of why this uh, had to be, be uh, written. Uh, it works best, by the way, with the letters, because by nature, they're correspondence. It's not the same thing as like the book of 